Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Rogers Communications is proposing to buy Shaw Communications in a $25 billion deal. Now, it's still got some hurdles to clear, but it cleared a big one this week. The CRTC, the Canadian Radio Television and Telecommunications Commission, announced their approval of this deal this past week. Now, there's some conditions attached to that, but it's a green light nonetheless. As I say, it's not the final hurdle, but it's a big one. So what does this all mean? for competition, for choice, for affordability in telecom. The CRTC decision, a little bit narrow in scope, but uh, its approval is indeed significant. Joining us to talk more about this deal, where this all goes from here, very pleased to welcome to the program here today, Matthew Hatfield, Campaigns Director with the group Open Media, openmedia.org. Matthew, good to have you with us here today. Welcome to the program. Thanks so much for having me. So let's start with this approval, first of all. It, it was obviously an important step for this deal, the CRTC looking through maybe a more narrow lens here. How, how significant was this? Uh, I don't think anyone expected the CRTC to block the deal, uh, but still right. it was disappointing to see sort of how wholeheartedly they affirmed it. They actually went beyond their, the real terms of their mandate here. So they were asked to look at broadcasting implications. Um, but in their decision, they went out and said that this is actually a, a good deal for consumers on the whole. Uh, and that it was in the public interest, which I think most observers find quite astonishing. I, I, I think it's ridiculous. Uh, I think it's very clear this is going to be a bad uh, outcome for, for many consumers in Canada. Well, let's talk about what's at stake here, because, you know, there are obviously broadcast implications uh, regarding this this deal and, you know, television, etc., uh, but obviously, this goes well beyond that. These are cable distributors. These are internet providers. We get into the realm of uh, mobile phones as well. So this is pretty all-encompassing, isn't it, when it comes to the telecom landscape? Absolutely. And it's the kind of deal where you can either make it very complex or very simple. Uh, on the complex side, yes, there's implications to consider for wired internet, for people's phone plans, for your television, for radio, for you know, folk like yourselves even. Um, and yet, on the simple side, we know that our both our telecommunications and media uh, uh, corporate structure in Canada is a little bit overly centralized. It's more centralized than many comparable countries. And this is that situation getting quite a bit worse. So I, I think people don't need to understand all the details to know this is likely to, to make our, our prices higher um, and to make our media concentration a little bit worse in a, a market that already had a lot of problems with both. Now, let's clarify one point, because Shaw owns Freedom Mobile. Um, which is a competitor to Rogers, to Telus, to Bell. It doesn't appear as though Rogers is going to be allowed to purchase Freedom Mobile, but I think that the question of what happens to Freedom Mobile is still very up in the air at this point. What do we know about that? Yeah, that's right. So uh, currently uh, on the books, Freedom Mobile is still part of the purchase, meaning that uh, all of Freedom's mobile customers would would be joining Rogers. Um, it seems very likely that that's going to be um, changed from uh sort of the rumors in the industry, and it's likely that another company will be buying Freedom Mobile. Uh, the question is just whether that's actually fixing many of the consequences of the deal or whether it's a, a partial and short-term fix. And I really think it's more the second. Um, so on the one hand, of course, all the broadcasting and wired internet implications are still the same with Freedom Spun Out. And on the other hand, um, there's really serious questions about whether Freedom Mobile is really a particularly viable company on their own. Uh, they they didn't um, find a, a full role for themselves when they were Wind Mobile years ago. They eventually did sell out to Shaw. Um, and people have been pointing out that the way telecom works in Canada, um, a lot of people are 
buying their service through bundles that includes uh, wireless net, wireless, and home uh, and uh, cable packages. Um, and Freedom Mobile doesn't isn't able to offer that. Uh, so they're sort of at a pretty serious competitive disadvantage when they're trying to attract customers um, without Shaw's support. It was interesting, and the CRTC approval is is maybe an example of it. There seems to be this notion that, you know, if we have noble and benevolent regulators, that they can make this deal good. They can make this deal better. We can say, do this, do that, spend money here, invest here, don't do that. And we can guide this to a better place almost. Do you buy into that? Is it possible to approve this and make it a better deal for Canadians? No, not, not under our current system. So the CRTC has shown that they're way, way too favorable to the, the viewpoints and perspective of big telecom companies. Uh, this is not their first decision that favors the interests of big telecom companies. They've, they've made a number of those in recent years on wired and wireless internet. And the Competition Bureau, who, as you mentioned earlier, is kind of the bigger decision coming up. Um, we, we still don't know what they will say on Roger Shaw, um, and they are, are making the majority of the decisions that are important here. Um, but they released a report yeah. at the start of February, uh, a really rare kind of piece where they essentially pointed out how weak the legislation that they are acting on is, um, and the fact that Canada has, has uniquely weak um, sort of grounds for contesting these giant buyouts, uh, because we have what's called an efficiency defense, which means if Rogers can argue that, yes, this is clearly bad for competition, um, but actually it'll be more efficient uh, in some ways in terms of delivery of service, they can still uh, force the, the Bureau to approve the merger, essentially. Um, which isn't really normal in other countries. And obviously, uh, companies like Rogers are very good at demonstrating efficiencies that make it very probable this deal will be approved. So, I mean, it's inevitable we're going to get less competition. I mean, obviously, you take Shaw out of the mix. That's a big player. Now you're left with, you know, Rogers, Bell, and Telus for the most part. Uh, it's hard to see that, that this wouldn't result in job losses. Uh, once you're kind of bringing these two companies together, you're going to get a lot of redundancy. So how, how do defenders uh, of this deal... Uh, you know, explain the upside of, of those two factors? I don't think they try very seriously to do so. I think it's kind of a can you stop us situation. And unfortunately, without reforms to our Competition Act and a better CRTC, we can't. Um, so what Rogers will say when, when they're sort of going through the motions is just like, oh, this is actually going to create jobs and actually we're going to make all these new investments. Um, but if you look at the terms of these investments, they're either very short term, just a couple of years, uh, or they're really unenforceable. No one's really going to hold them to account for it. They can very easily sort of shuffle the numbers around later, and it turns out that it doesn't turn out the way they described it. Um, so, I mean, will there be any net long-term benefits from this deal? Not to anyone outside the Rogers and Shaw families, I don't think. Well, less competition doesn't mean zero competition. There is still some competition. What about the notion here that, you know, if, if Shaw customers aren't happy about uh, joining Rogers, there's an opportunity here for Bell, for Telus to woo them. Maybe there is some, some upside to, to that kind of a, almost like a bidding war for, for customers. Is that a possibility, do you think? I would love that to be true, uh, and I certainly encourage people to use this as, as an opportunity to sort of renegotiate their contracts. You can always try to get a little bit more from your provider. Um, but the reality is that the big three tend to really mirror each other and offer extremely similar deals at similar times, uh, and they only really greatly improve the terms of those deals when they're forced to by sort of catching up a little bit to the world's market uh, or by a competitor like Shaw. And Shaw played a really interesting role historically in the market where a lot of uh, sort of consumer-friendly first-mover uh, innovations were introduced by Shaw because they were 
smaller than the big three um, and trying a little bit harder to attract customers. And that's one of the things I'm, I'm really sad to think is going to be leaving our market where things like uh, Shaw was the first company that didn't charge people for the writers on, on cable service. Um, they were one of the one of the leaders in introducing widespread public Wi-Fi hotspots, especially in British Columbia. Um, those kind mm -hmm. of uh, innovations we're just likely to see a lot fewer of from the big three who just have no interest in, in doing something that uh, one of their big competitors isn't already doing. I mean, even if this deal were to to be blocked or somehow collapse, it's not as any as though anybody's you know necessarily raving about our current status quo. It's obviously flawed as well. This may amount to a worsening, but we weren't coming from a great place to begin with. So, if we look at the broader picture, when it comes to lack of competition or prices higher than they need to be, I mean, blocking this deal doesn't fix that. What what does? What do we need to do? You know, to to really invigorate telecom in Canada in in induce more competition, protect consumers? What, what's needed? We need to introduce ways of having a sort of enduring competition in the market, competition that can't just be removed by uh, buyouts like this one. So Shaw was the most successful competitor to the big three we've ever seen, um, and they are, they are going to be bought out most likely through this deal. Um, so what we need is a way of reducing the cost of entering the market to make it easy for lots of new companies to come in. Um, and if enough new companies can come in at any time, uh, the big three can't just do, use these buyouts to restrict competition. And that basically means a service-based model, meaning uh, that the companies that make infrastructure uh, and the companies that sell the services from that infrastructure to us shouldn't be the same. It's something the CRTC has really resisted. They've always said the model of, of uh, facilities-based competitors like Shaw is the way to go. Um, but I think this, this deal really highlights that that, that model is never going to work because if they get big enough, if they're successful enough, they will be bought out. And it takes many years and a lot of investment to be even as successful as Shaw is, let alone to, to get as big as, as one of the big three. As you say, the Competition Bureau, that review is going to be maybe the big one. So what are we anticipating in terms of, of the timeline here? Well, it could be any day now. Um, we, we hear all kinds of rumors. Um, I think there's a pretty good chance we'll see it in the next few weeks. Um, and I think they may be giving it a bit of time because they may be wanting to allow whoever is going to buy Freedom Mobile, if that is the, part of the decision, um, to announce at the same time that that's what's going to happen, just to give a, a sort of more coherent picture of what's going on. Um, but really, the, unfortunately, because of the weakness of our competition law, there's not a very high chance that they're going to actually block the merger. I think in 120 years or so of, of uh, fulfilling their functions, they've only fully blocked a merger once. Um, so what we're likely to see is uh, a number of conditions attached to the deal, um, similar to what the CRTC did. And uh, our frustration is just that you really can't attach conditions, enough conditions or powerful enough conditions to this kind of deal uh, to restrict it from having uh, really, really detrimental impacts on, on prices and competition and, and jobs and such. And if the federal government or the federal cabinet were so inclined, could they step in here at some point? It's, it's a little ambiguous. I mean, uh, I think they would tell you no. Uh, certainly, if Minister Champagne, uh, the, the chief minister here, uh, Minister of Industry, if he wanted to, he could have given very strong signs to the CRDC and to the Competition Bureau that he wanted them to do everything in, his, in their power uh, to block this deal. And he has not done that. So what he has said is that he's looking at the spectrum uh, allocation issue very closely, and spectrum is the main thing that's directly under his power. Um, but I think our, our industry minister is hiding a bit from this. I think he, uh, he, do he doesn't want to spend the political capital to block the deal, but he also doesn't want to wear it. And unfortunately for him, I think he will wear it uh, at the end of it. Like he, his, his will be the term, uh, and this will be the government under which this enormous uh, fourth or fifth largest in Canadian history buyout happens.
um, and the consequences will be owned by, by them, unfortunately. If you want to hear more, subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend.